Welcome to the weekly Dharma Talk podcast from the Columbus Karma Teksam Choling Buddhist Meditation Center. This week's Dharma Talk is entitled, Remember, the Power of Recollection in Dharma, by Lama Kathy Wesley. How often each day do we answer questions such as, What is your name? or What is your birth date? We remember these things almost without thinking. But how can we remember what's really important in life? Love, compassion, service, and wisdom. This talk looks below the surface of thought and memory to find a way to help us remember what's important. Sources include Be Here Now by Ram Das and the Dhammapada, translated by Thomas Byram. If you like our Dharma Talk series, please consider donating to Columbus Karma Teksam Choling at columbusktc.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Lama Kathy on behalf of the Columbus Karma Teksam Choling, welcoming you to our 11.30 a.m. Dharma Talk. Uh, today, my uh, my Dharma topic is uh, the the power of recollection, and I wanted to choose this uh, topic because, um, okay, it's a bit of a joke uh, in that I'm getting older. You can see the you can see the gray hair, right? And uh, and so remembering certain things is not as easy for me as it used to be, but. Uh, of all of the things I do seem to remember, I do seem to remember Dharma kind of okay most of the time, but I still have challenges remembering my uh, Buddhist teaching and my Buddhist training, especially when times get difficult and get tough. So I thought that if I have a little trouble remembering things that maybe you guys will too. And so what I wanted to do uh, today was talk a little bit about how to sharpen your recollective skills, if that's a word, and how to bring more Dharma into your life through the power of recollection. So I'm going to start with a short prayer. I apologize for not having it to show on screen, uh, but you can kind of join in in your heart and in your mind. I'm going to recite uh, a prayer dedicating this session uh, to the three jewels, the Buddha, who's our teacher, the Dharma, that's our path, and the Sangha, who are our companions on the path. So I'm going to recite uh, this prayer, uh, this very brief prayer in Tibetan one time, and then I'm going to recite it in English. Okay, here goes. Oi Sanje Chodan Soji Chonaham La Jang Chu Pardu Dani Kyapsu Chi Daji Jin Soji Pesunam Gi Drola Penshir Sanje Druparsho Okay, uh, now I'll recite the prayer in English, and you can kind of join in in your heart and in your mind, dedicating this uh, next little time we're going to spend together to the benefit of all beings. In the Buddha, his teaching, and the order most excellent, I take refuge until enlightenment is reached. By the merit of generosity and other good deeds, may we attain Buddhahood for the sake of all that lives. 
And now I'll recite a short prayer in uh, Tibetan, uh, playing for the blessing of the lineage teachers. Okay, thanks. Um, again, the topic is uh, the power of recollection. And uh, to get ready for the Q and A uh, at the uh, at the conclusion of the of the talk today, uh, if you are uh, uh, if you are able to uh, type things into chat either on Facebook or on YouTube, you can uh, type in your favorite methods of remembering Dharma, and you can also uh, type in your questions. I won't be able to get to them during the Dharma talk, but as soon as the Dharma talk is over. I'll be happy to answer any kind of questions you have. So while you're listening uh, the next little while, you can be you can be tippy typing any questions you might have. Or if you have uh, an experience you'd like to share, such as how you remember to practice the Dharma, you can uh, type that in as well. So uh, I always like to uh, give a shout out to the influences I've had in my Dharma. And uh, one of them is a really, really, really old book. A really old book. This is a book from the 1970s called Be Here Now. Uh, and uh, I wanted to mention this book in particular because this book, when I was, which I read when I was in college, was for me the start of my Dharma path. It was uh, what inspired me to um, become a spiritual seeker. It inspired me to practice yoga. It inspired me to practice meditation. And uh, and the author uh, Ram Das. In his second book, Grist for the Mill, uh, he made a statement that made me a Buddhist. And that statement was that he encouraged everyone who was reading the book to find a lineage, a lineage of spiritual practice and achievement that goes all the way back in history to an original enlightened being. And that we should all uh, try to find a lineage that has an enlightened being as its founder and try to practice that lineage to its conclusion. So that's uh, that was my the start of my decision to uh, become not just a spiritual seeker, but a spiritual practitioner. And I met Kempo Kartha Rinpoche within a couple of weeks of reading that. So I was I feel really happy that I got to send a message to Ram Das before his death uh, some months ago and to say thank you to him for having been such a great influence on my uh, my Dharma practice. And I was told that he smiled and enjoyed knowing. Now, the second book I'm working from today is, um, again, this is an old version of the book. It's the Dhammapada or the Dharma path. Uh, Dhammapada or Dharma Path, and um, Thomas Byram is the translator, and Ram Das wrote the foreword. This is my favorite uh, interpretation of the sayings of the Buddha. Lots and lots of different versions of this book exist, but I'm going to be um, I'm going to be reading a couple of things from it today, uh, and as a way of uh, inspiring us a little bit on recollection. And in fact. I think, I think that this is a good time for me to read a couple of things. Um, I'm going to start 
with a reading from chapter 13, uh, which is in the back, called The World. And here, here's the sayings of the Buddha. Do not live in the world in distraction and false dreams outside the law or the truth. Arise and watch. Follow the way joyfully through this world and beyond. Follow the way of virtue. Follow the way joyfully through this world and on beyond. For consider the world a bubble, a mirage. See the world as it is, and death shall overlook you. Come, consider the world a painted chariot for monarchs, a trap for fools, but the one who sees goes free. So um, I'm going to stop there for just a minute and um, and say that the, the sayings of the Buddha are, are very simple and yet very powerful. So for me, the idea here, do not live in the world in distraction and false dreams outside of the law or the truth, the Buddha's teaching. Arise and watch, he says. Follow the way joyfully through this world and beyond. Arise and watch. I like that. Um, two very simple words, arise and watch. And so this to me is the is sort of the essence of the idea of remembering. In um, in the uh, Be Here Now book, Ramdas talks about three words: love, serve, and remember. Love, serve, and remember. And remember has to do with um, remembering who we are, why we're here, and what we're doing. And so as a result, uh, knowing these things is important. We love the Dharma, let's face it. We love our spiritual practice. And it actually kind of looks good on us. We feel better when we practice. We feel better when we're going by the Dharmic teachings of, of nonviolence and peace. And uh, we feel good about that. But so often we do forget it and we make mistakes and cause hurt to ourselves and hurt to others. And, um, and so since we forget sometimes, you know, it's important. Um, it's important to find uh, some strategies for remembering. I mean, we remember our name and we remember our phone number and we remember all kinds of strings of facts that people ask us about every day. And, and so for us then, the, the key is that we have to have the Dharma as familiar to us, as familiar to us as um, our name. It has to be that familiar. But how do we get that familiar? How do we how do we do that? Well, I think that there are uh, two important points, two important ways that we can remember the Dharma. Number one, we can slow down. Just slow down. And the other one is uh, to cultivate 
commitment. So slow down. I mean, slow down and cultivate commitment. Slow down, cultivate commitment. It's two things. And these are the ways that I think that uh, recollection and uh, the power of recollection can in, inform us and fuel us and make us uh, alive, our spiritual practice alive. Slowing down is not easy, considering that all of our machines, including computers, social media, and so forth, they just seem to be aimed at helping us speed up. Our work is governed by efficiency and productivity and so forth, and we're urged to go faster and faster and faster. And um, But there are downsides to this speed. And one of the downsides to the speed is that our thoughts become very jumbled. I mean, they're already jumbled to begin with, right? But when we try to move faster than our minds are capable of moving, then we begin to get tripped up and we forget where we are, we forget what we're doing, and it makes it more likely that we could make mistakes. And if you remember the teachings of the Buddha, they're really simple. Do no harm, practice virtue, and tame your mind. I mean, do no harm, practice virtue, tame your mind. Tame your mind, that's the slow down part. Because if we don't slow down, how will we know what is harmful and not to do it and what is helpful and to do it? So the, the capacity to slow down through the practice of mindfulness and meditation is really important. So there are lots of ways to slow down. Um, I have a watch. I had a, a, one of my Dharma friends was really kind and gave me one of those smart watches that does things. And one of the things it does is it chimes at random parts of the day. I mean, random. And when it chimes, you do some deep breathing just to ground yourself in your body. Because a lot of times when we're thinking so quickly, we get out of sync with our body and our mind goes faster than our body can keep up. And so this is why my, my thank you to my Dharma friend who gave me this watch, because it's allowed me to slow down at least a few times a day and do mindful breathing. Doing mindful breathing is only going to take what? 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes tops, depending on how many in-breath and out-breath cycles of breathing you do. Breathing in, breathing out. It's a very simple practice, but it helps to ground us in our body and in the moment. So being able to slow down could actually begin with uh, a random chime from your cell phone or your uh, or your smartwatch. So that's one way to slow down by stopping and doing some breathing. Another way to slow down is to make a commitment to yourself to um, at least in the morning and at least in the evening, do some mindful mindfulness exercises. Some people use uh, apps on their watches or on their smartphones. Other people um, just make it as much a part of their daily routine as brushing their teeth. When you get up, you remember your path. You 
get up and you remember what's important. You get up and remember perhaps the Buddha, who's the teacher, the Dharma, the path, and the Sangha, the community. And so once we uh, learn to slow down a little bit, then we can begin to cultivate recollection and commitment. And so slowing down, making a commitment to slow down, at least morning and evening, doing some mindful breath exercises, morning and evening. And also uh, during the day, if you have the capacity to stop, even between tasks at work. One, uh, uh, my, my teacher, Kempo Carter Rinpoche said, well, when you put the phone down after you finished a call, when you put your phone down, you could take a mindful breath right then. Just let everything go, he said. And don't think about anything for several seconds. And when you consciously just let everything go like that, what you get is like a really short moment of quiet in the mind. And then after that really short moment of quiet, then thoughts start again. But for that one moment of quiet, you've made a, an interruption in the flow of confusion. You've made an interruption in the flow of thoughts, an interruption in the flow of, con, of illusion and confusion. So uh, that, to me, that's the value of slowing down, is allowing ourselves just to be in our, grounded in our bodies grounded in our experience of the world, simply grounded. So slowing down is very important. But we can't just slow down. We have to have something that will arise in that space of slowing down because we're giving ourselves some space by slowing down. But what are we going to put in that space that, that we've created by slowing down? That's the second part. That's cultivating a commitment. And what are we committing to? I think uh, the very first thing we could commit to is to um, this attaining goodness for the benefit of beings. We can actually make the promise. We can say, I take refuge in the Buddha as my teacher. I take refuge in the, the Dharma as my path. I take refuge in the Sangha as my community. And you can do this morning and evening. In fact, this was what Kempo Karta Rinpoche recommended that every person who considers themselves to be a Buddhist uh, should do. That every person who considers themselves a Buddhist should be able to morning and evening remember, see, here we go, remember, recollect the teachings of the Buddha and feel gratitude for them and remember the Buddha and feel gratitude for him and the Sangha and have gratitude for them. I know a lot of folks these days are keeping gratitude journals, which is fantastic. And one of the things we can have gratitude for on a daily basis, morning and evening, is the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You can make up your own words or you can use the words like the ones we used at the beginning here. From now until enlightenment is reached, I take refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Through the practice of the six perfect virtues, generosity and the rest, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all that lives. I think it's a really simple 
thought that we can cultivate consciously. So cultivating commitment and remembering starts with knowing what's important. We know that the Buddha gave a teaching that will transform our experience of everything, our experience of ourselves, our experience of the world. So, um, so we know and feel gratitude for that. And if we remember it morning and evening, that is the start of our practice of recollection, is remembering something morning and evening and refuge is really ideal. Throughout the day, then we can, uh, like the watch chime, we can come up with methods to remember what's important. And uh, other things that we can remember are aspects of the Buddhist path. We can commit, for example, to not harming others and benefiting others and taming the mind, right? So these are the three uh, summaries that summarize the entire Eightfold Noble Path in, in three phrases. Do no harm, practice virtue, tame your mind. So we can set meditation periods for ourselves during the day, just little ones, one minute, two minute, five minute, 10 minute, whatever you have time for. But you also can become the person that's described in this very simple verse in uh, chapter 13 of the, of the Dhammapada, where he says, arise and watch, arise and watch. And what that means is that we can um, become aware of what we're thinking. We be, can become aware of what we're doing with our body, speech, and mind. And that awareness is going to guide us into action. So if our actions can spring from the wish not to harm others, but rather to help them, that's incredibly good. And how are we going to know? I have a handy hint for your recollection practice. Um, and that handy hint is to notice when you are feeling tense. Notice when you're holding tension somewhere in your body. And often it will be after something stressful has arisen for you. Maybe you get a message from someone who's angry with you about something and you read the message and you're very upset. That tightness and tension in your body, in your chest, in your shoulders, in your face, that is a great clue that it's time to practice the Dharma. So that can be uh, an ignition point for your recollection. So let's say that some, you've just gotten this uh, critical message or this um, negative message, and you begin to feel anger or hurt in, in, inside yourself. If you start to feel that anger or hurt, you feel that tension, that's the moment. You can start by taking a deep breath and breathing out. My, uh, one of my other teachers was the Tibetan physician and meditation master, Akong Rinpoche. I only met him once, but the teachings he gave in that one meeting were incredibly valuable. And he uh, described a type of breath exercise that anybody can do. It's, um, it's some people call it balanced breathing. And it goes like this. You breathe in for a count of five. 
Hold it for a count of five. Breathe out. And by doing this three times or five times, your heart rate slows down and you begin to relax a bit. So when you feel that tension of, uh, of the complication of something that's upset your equilibrium, in your internal equilibrium, that's the time to recollect dharma. And how can you key into your dharma? How can you remember it? By slowing down, taking that the, those deep breaths. And then once you've done that, then you can sort of check and see what your basic feeling is. Are you sad? Are you uh, fearful? Uh, are you angry? And then make a, an internal aspiration. I'm going to try to practice with this. And it could very well mean that all you do is say, okay, Buddha, help me out. And then we make a prayer to the Buddha and aspire that he is present with us in our suffering and that he's present with us as we need, as we decide what to do. So if we make the commitment to be uh, harmless, do no harm, and to practice virtue, this is a means for recollection. This is a means for remembering. Because the commitment we make, if we remake that commitment multiple times a day, by instilling in ourselves the wish to be of benefit to beings, like if you go into a conversation and you think, I don't know whether this conversation is going to go well or go badly, but my, I, who I want to be in this conversation is I want to be a representative of stability, sanity, goodness, and dharma. And so um, one of the easy ways to do that is to think, rather than thinking all of those things, thinking, may I benefit everyone I come into contact with in this conversation? May I benefit everyone in this conversation? And that will help us in that moment to remember our Dharma teaching. And um, just recently, um, I had the, um, um, the, the privilege of studying uh, the jewel ornament of liberation uh, with uh, one of my Dharma friends. And I reread Gampopa's chapter on patience. And it was really important because in that chapter, he described patience as having a mind that as is at ease, even in the midst of difficulty, a mind that's at ease. And we can't have that right away because we still have too many likes and dislikes. We still have too many habitual patterns of preference and demand where we prefer that things go our way and demand that things go our way. But there are a few things that we're not quite so strongly attached to. And those things that we're not quite so strongly attached to, those things we can begin to re release and let go of. And so when we feel that tension, that pain and suffering of mental or physical difficulty, we can start by slowing down, taking a breath, restating our purpose, which is I'm here to benefit beings and not cause harm, and think, may I be of benefit to everyone. These short phrases can help us to be 
the person we want to be at any given time in the Dharma and bring the Dharma to presence in ourself. And so uh, if we uh, remember the basics of Dharma, do no harm, practice virtue and tame your mind. Do no harm, practice virtue, tame your mind. These are just simple things to remember. And how do we remember them? We remember them by slowing down and every day for little moments each day, cultivating commitment. There are lots of ways to cultivate commitment. Your cell phone, your watch. I have a friend who puts little signs in strategic spots in their office and home that help them remember the Dharma. Uh, and I've often told the story of, uh, of a really brilliant idea I got from a librarian at the Columbus Metropolitan Library. This was the Barnett Road branch for anybody who's been out east. Um, I grew up in the Barnett Road area uh, near Livingston Avenue. And that library uh, was not part of my childhood because it wasn't built when I was a child. But I visited it many times um, because my parents remained in the, our childhood home until my mother's death in the early uh, 2000s and my father's death in, the, um, in 2012. Um, but I went to that library a lot. And one day I was there looking for something for my dad, probably. And uh, the reference librarian I was waiting on was on a very difficult phone call. I could hear she was like, it was everything she could do to be patient with the person she's talking to. And then she hung up the phone. And then she looked forward on her desk for just a second, like she was reading something. And then she looked up and said, how can I help you? And it was brilliant that she was able to put down that phone call so quickly and not have the phone call, have a phone call hangover. You know, when you're really, really angry with someone and then you hang up, then you have to like uh, vent. She didn't do that. She was able to, um, to speak clearly and in a friendly way to me afterwards. Well, as I went around the desk afterward, after our exchange, I saw that there was actually a small piece of paper taped to her desk and it had the words on it, fresh start. So what that meant was that she was reminding herself that every customer or every person who came to her was a chance for a fresh start. And I think it's, it's like way beyond brilliant. I mean, it's incredibly brilliant because it, is a reminder that everybody's important. It's a reminder that we can ourselves take a deep breath, reground ourselves in our Buddha nature, reground ourselves in basic goodness, and then speak to people from a different place. So um, this is also the reason why uh, I made those little uh, business card size reminders about taking about the the taking and sending practice or tonglen practice that read uh, may my mental affliction contain the mental afflictions of all beings and by my working through this moment of mental affliction may i and all beings be free of it and um i i've told the story several times of my friend on the west coast uh, thank you marcia because you showed me this is possible. 
she actually put her card on the center of the steering wheel of her car because driving in California, you have to have patience. And she said that was where she needed it the most was when she was stuck in traffic. So if we can find some way to remind ourselves of our own inner goodness and the fact that we actually have learned a lot of Dharma already, all we have to do is remember to use it. That's fantastic. And um, in, uh, in our toolkit of, of things to remember, another thing that, one more thing that we can use is uh, sacred images. I worked in a, a regular uh, business office for 15 years when I was a newspaper writer. And uh, we were allowed to keep some personal items on our desk. And one of the personal items I kept on my desk was um, a, uh, is a picture of just the eyes of a Buddha statue. I did that because uh, it looked like art and didn't look like an overt religious symbol. It just was very calming just to look at these eyes of the Buddha. And then I also uh, famously, and I've told this story before, I also famously next to the telephone had a picture of Mr. Rogers, the, uh, the late great Fred Rogers, who was a television host for the children's program, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which most of, most of you will know as the forerunner to Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Anyway, and these two images of the eyes of the Buddha, Mr. Rogers, I even had a, an image of His Holiness the Dalai Lama pasted to the desk. These, looking at these frequently reminded me of something good, reminded me of something that was good within myself. And, um, and so these are the ways that we can take what's important to us and bring it into our everyday experience and help ourselves remember what's important. Because if we can make a commitment to uh, those three things, uh, uh, doing no harm, practicing virtue, taming the mind. If we can do those things, then we'll be able to actualize more of our practice, more of our Dharma practice. It's also important to remember the benefits of practice. I have a lot of friends who say, um, this was something I forgot to share earlier, so uh, pardon me, but I wanna make sure I share this. One of my Dharma friends, um, was saying to me one time that she had a hard time acknowledging that she had made progress in her practice. And so I encouraged her, just as Campbell Carthur Ribache had encouraged me, I encouraged her to look back over the many years she had been involved in Buddhism and, uh, and to notice not the change from yesterday to today, but to notice the change over weeks, days, months, and years, and that you'll see a change there. And that seeing that change, then you can dedicate yourself to continuing your practice. You can remember the benefits of practicing, the stability, the, the, the more relative stability you have in your mind, the more comfort you have in your mind, the more confidence you have that you know how to handle things because you've practiced meditation and have been able to slow down. And then also you'll remember what life was like before Dharma and that you don't wanna go back there if you can help it. So those are two other ways to help you remember. So now we've covered the topic of remembering. 
of knowing that we love the Dharma and but we forget, then we do two things. We slow ourselves down through the practice of meditation, and then we cultivate day by day, minute by minute, watch reminder by watch reminder to be present and to breathe and also to um, wish for the benefit of sentient beings and to try our best not to harm beings, but to help them instead. And so I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that these uh, strategies will be of help to you um, in your Dharma practice. Now, before I conclude the program and start looking at your questions, which by the way, if you have questions, you can uh, put them in the chat and uh, I will, um, I will be able to address them. Uh, eventually, in the Dhammapada, uh, in the very last chapter, they talk about the um, qualities of a person who has attained awakening. Well, here, uh, it's not just at the end of the book they talk about that. They talk about it in chapter 14, the very next chapter after chapter 13, where we were talking about being watchful and being awake. And so the person who is awake, they are awake. The victory is theirs. They have conquered the world. How can they lose the way who is beyond the way? Their eyes are open. Their feet are free. Who can follow after such a person? The world cannot reclaim them or lead them astray, nor can the poisoned net of desire hold them. They are awake. The gods watch over them. They are awake and find joy in the stillness of meditation and in the sweetness of surrender. Hard it is to be born, hard it is to live, harder still to hear of the way and hard to rise, follow, and awake. Yet the teaching is simple. Do what is right. Be pure in your conduct. At the end of the way is freedom. Till then, patience. Um, I'm really delighted uh, to have this chance to share some of the Dhammapada with you, and it very well could be we might do a book a book club on it at some point, because I think that uh, my experience studying this with one of my Dharma friends in which we just read the book to each other, that was fantastic. And you get something out of the written word uh, when it's spoken out loud in a way that's deeper than if you just merely read it silently. So we might have some interesting ideas for programs in the future. So uh, not wanting to bore you or to uh, go to stay past my welcome, I'm going to take a moment now to look at the chat at the on the sidebar here and ask any questions that people might have. First of all, thanks to uh, to folks who are um, who are watching. Uh, I see lots of folks from uh, Facebook. I don't see anybody uh, joining from YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, you could just post a hello, and then I'll know I'll know that uh, it was actually webcast on YouTube. So hello, uh, Nancy and Karma Droma and Lonnie and Deborah and Marianne. Yay! 
and then Vicki, hello. So here's a question. Um, what has always helped me in the mornings is that once you told us that Kemple Carthur and Chase said it is good to wake up in the morning and think of bells going off for you to get up and work toward the benefit of beings. And it is good to wash your face, take refuge in the three jewels and make offerings. This is really true. Uh, in, um, in the three-year retreat, uh, it was uh, our custom to recite a prayer uh, to um, uh, Guru Rinpoche, who uh, the Tibetans saw as like a second Buddha because he was responsible for really planting the Dharma in Tibet. And uh, oh, thanks to the friends from uh, from uh, YouTube for saying hello. So good to know that YouTube was working this morning. I meant to do it at the beginning of the talk and I forgot it until now. So thank you, Nancy and Karen and Don. I appreciate you saying hi. So going back to the comment about a means of practicing remembering in the morning and evening uh, is uh, the bells. Okay. So the prayer that we would recite in the morning is imagining all of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas in the sky, uh, ringing bells and playing damarus, and uh, those are hand drums and you know hand drums and bells to wake us up, and then arising from our sleep, thinking, "Now I will go and benefit beings." And to me, it was a lovely image, and I. <laughs> And I just was really happy. I'm thank you. I'm glad that I'm glad that sharing that with you was was helpful. Let's see if anybody else has any other uh, has any other uh, of their own tips for remembering Dharma or things that they do to help remember. Hi, Sally. I see you're there also. Um, if anybody has any questions or any uh, other things they would like to talk about in our talk today. Okay, uh, not, oh, not seeing any uh, questions, then I think what we could do was is to do a, a, just a short sitting. We're going to practice uh, some uh, shamatha meditation. And uh, shamatha meditation, as you've, uh, as you've learned, is, um, I guess it's a form of remembering. Because when you are following the breath in and following the breath out, that's a practice of remembering. And so we'll do about uh, two minutes of meditation uh, to conclude our program, and then we'll uh, dedicate the merit. And I have a couple of announcements at the end uh, that you'll want to hear. So hang in for a couple of minutes, and then uh, we'll give some announcements. Okay, here we go. Placing the body in the posture of meditation, um, chin tucked in, neck vertebrae straight, eyes can be slightly closed. If you're sitting in a chair, feet are hip width apart. Begin with one deep breath, breathe out, and then be aware of the movement of the breath coming in and going out. As thoughts cross the mind, you let them go, or if they distract you, you can use the technique of touch and go. Touching them with your attention, you can even label them thinking, 
Let them go and return to the breath for a, a fresh start. Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, good, um, good to practice meditation with you, even over uh, Facebook and YouTube. So thanks for that. Uh, before we go, I want to let everybody know that um, uh, I'm, although this uh, video will be watched by people way after the fact, but I wanted to let you know that we're going to be uh, doing tours of the uh, new Columbus KTC building uh, next Sunday. That is the 15th, if I remember correctly. And you can go to uh, the Columbus Karma Take Some Choling um, a website and get information. Uh, you can also find us on Eventbrite and uh, register there. The, um, uh, there is a, a request for a donation. Uh, you don't have to give a big donation, but of course, every uh, every dollar will go toward the re uh, rebuilding of Columbus KTC. And now I will say one thing. If you've been on the tour before, I would recommend doing it again. Number one, because the air conditioning will be on and um, the building is now closed in and you'll see parts of the walls and be able to actually visualize the rooms better than you could have before. So we'll be doing that on uh, August 15th from 1 to 4 p.m. And you can register online through Eventbrite. So I wanted to make sure you saw that. And uh, very, very excited about that particular thing. And just keep watching our Facebook page because we're going to be posting photographs and videos again as uh, we get closer and closer and closer. We're about eight weeks, maybe six, eight weeks out from the end of the project. It keeps moving, but we're, we're sticking with it.
So let's, um, let's conclude our time together today by remembering the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and dedicating the goodness of our session to all beings. Gathering together all of the goodness from today's session and all the goodness we've ever accumulated in the past and will accumulate in the future, we mentally dedicate that goodness to the freedom and liberation of all beings from uh, the sleep of ignorance and the bonds of desire and hatred. I'll recite the short prayer in English. Through this merit, may all achieve the omniscience of Buddhahood. May it defeat our common enemy, wrongdoing, from the stormy waves of birth, old age, sickness, and death, from the ocean of samsara, may we free all beings. May we free all beings. May we free all beings. Okay, thanks everyone. And uh, if you want to stay behind and ask additional questions, um, I will not have uh, available chat functions on YouTube, but I will have available chat functions on uh, on Facebook. And you could also write to uh, Lama Kathy, L-A-M-A-K-A-T-H-Y, uh, at columbusktc.org, and you can send me questions there and I'll answer them. Okay, everyone, thank you. And thanks to the tech team at Columbus KTC for making uh, making making what we are doing possible. So thanks very much. Omane Pei Hong, take good care and uh, stay well. Thank you for joining us for this week's Dharma Talk. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. To learn more about the Columbus Karma Teksum Choling or to donate to support our Dharma Talk series, please visit our website at columbusktc.org. The opening and closing music for the podcast is Tibetan Flute Song by Tamding Arts at tamdingarts.com. Please join us again next week for another Dharma Talk.